Hello, fine folks. It is episode 27 of Press Y. My name is Kelton Burns. And my name is Cameron Donahoe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, back again. Second episode of the year. Let's hop right in. So, you know what they say about the second episode? It's always the best one. Always better than the first one. Terminator, Terminator 2? That's a great one. Empire Fucking Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Great. Arkham City. Great. All sequels are great. So here we go. So you ready for some? I got some. Uh, I got some wordy news for you here. We're gonna get through some some denser material today. So, as reported by Rebecca Valentine at IGN, this week the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, commonly abbreviated to as SAG-AFTRA, has announced a deal with AI technology company Replica Studios regarding the licensure and use of AI digital replicas of actors' voices in video games. This has upset many voice actors across the industry. So, according to SAG-AFTRA, the deal will enable Replica to engage SAG-AFTRA members under a fair ethical agreement to safely create and license a digital replica of their voice. Licensed voices can be used in video game development and other interactive media projects from pre-production to final release. It will include minimum terms and conditions as well as requirements for performer consent and the ability to opt out of ongoing use of digital voice, of, of having a digital voice double. So this upset a lot of people because some people weren't even aware that the steel was even underway. Some people don't like the steel at all. Some people don't felt like maybe the term should have been a little bit different on that. A lot of people, I think, are just put off by the whole like digital double uh, concept. So other people also pointed out that the quality of Replica's current voice library isn't very great. If you go look, you can go look at it, some sample of their stuff. The quality isn't up to some people's par. Uh, SAG-AFTRA union leaders and supporters of the deal have pointed out that the goal of this deal is to not fully ban AI voices, but to work with companies to ensure actors have options and are fairly compensated and consulted when AI is used. They've also pointed out that this isn't an all-encompassing deal that outlines rules for how AI and voice actors interact going forward will handle out, but more of a specific deal with Replica specifically that actors can opt out of if they choose. So, another chapter in the video game AI conversation here, specifically with voice actors. God, I hate AI voice acting so so much. I uh, I got into the finals recently, and all as you probably already know, uh, it's a completely AI voice acted uh, game. And I gotta tell you, worst fucking part about the finals is listening <laughs> to any of those goddamn robots talk at all. So fucking annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh I think yeah, the finals I I feel like I didn't hear enough people talking about that whole uh AI voice thing. I did hear oh, I saw someone repurpose their AI and added a bunch of like like random curse words and other stuff into the mix that made it kind of comedic, but overall, you know, it's a little bit off-putting that uh it's just an AI piecing yeah. together. Yeah. Really bums me out. <laughs> when they could have gotten fucking 
Troy Baker with his silky baritone voice. True. Give us more Troy Baker, please, and less fucking dumbass robots who don't know how to talk. So we know where we know where Cameron stands. Pro. Very <laughs> pro AI. Yeah, we know where he's at. Um, also, unrelated to the to this topic, it is very windy where me and Cameron are right now, and if my power goes out, then uh, maybe you won't even hear any of this. You know, maybe this will be lost to the void. But I'm really hoping my power doesn't go out. But the lights have been flickering a little bit. That would be super sick. And it's also 14 degrees current, 13 degrees currently. So that's cool. That's they'll yeah they'll double. Yeah, a little behind the scenes for you. So Cameron, and we're outside, freezing. Cameron, do you know what Star Citizen is? I do know what Star Citizen is. What what is Star Citizen? Star Citizen is. Uh, what people who people if you ever wanted to be like a garbage man in space <laughs> and live every single minute detail that a garbage man in space would do, that's what Star Citizen is. Where there's like it's it's like all the the whimsy and the fun that uh, sci-fi offers, all that's gone and it's replaced with minutia <laughs> and the the depression that comes with having nine to five day-to-day office job but you're in space so for those who don't know star (laughs) citizen it's described online as a multiplayer space trading and combat simulation game that's incorrect but it's kind of a life sim i've heard the people that actually play it describe it as a life sim and like cameron's saying you can go you can go clock on to your nine to five in Star Citizen, after you're done with your nine to five in real life, and you can you can be a miner, you could be a trash person, you know, you could just work a job. You're gonna have, never you, stops, baby. You have a boss. You can get robbed. Uh, oh, can you get robbed? Holy fuck! Why would anyone choose to be a law-abiding citizen in that game when you can just go and fucking rob everyone? So, Star Citizen, it's actively still being developed and published by cloud imperium games the game actually kickstarted back in 2012 and raised over two million dollars back then in funding it was kind of a record breaker back then and it has been in a crowdfunding development stage ever since so for like the last 12 years it's still being developed still has no release date in sight and it has raised over 600 million dollars through its crowdfunding tactics, which are kind of scrutinized because it's through the microtransactions in the game that are now counted as its crowdfunding. Well, this made headlines more recently because the game just introduced a new bundle for players who are at a certain tier of the Chairman's Club. And to get into the Chairman's Club, to get to this tier, you have to have already spent at least 10000 real-life dollars on the game. This new bundle... New bundle... <laughs> Described as a package that players will use to deploy ships, items, etc. across organizations, corporations, and guilds. It's being priced at $48,000. It contains over 175 vessels from every manufacturer of note. This perfect collection, in, including all ships released and concepted through 2953, empowers every fleet commander to forge a lasting legacy, leading humanity towards a brighter future. That's a little blip straight from Star Citizen itself. So yeah, $48,000 bundle. <laughs> when you put it that way, man, I'm about to drop 10k right now. Okay, I want a full club. fleet of fictional ships. <laughs> Hell yeah, get me in the chairman's club. You think yeah. that would get me? Uh, like, you think I could put that on like a resume? Like, I'm in the chairman's club, bitch. I do think that if you dropped forty eight thousand dollars on this fleet of ships, you probably wouldn't have to do the trash man job. 
That when is you true. Hopped on Star but, Citizen. Or I could do the trash man job in style. <laughs> yeah, like you're playing Star Citizen with some like lowly kids and they're like, oh, he's just a trash man just like us. And then your fleet pulls up to give you your ride home and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> he's loaded. <laughs> it's like uh, those like shitty Facebook videos that like teach you to be nice to everyone. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Sure. That's a no. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> be careful who you judge in in fictional space because they might just be a member of the chairman club or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Next up, I got more AI news. Valve has updated its guidelines that govern the use of AI-powered development tools in new titles released on the platform. According to Valve, this update will enable the company to release the vast majority of games that use AI. So I had to learn a lot about AI to, to be able to, to tell you guys about this news, um, or at least how Steam is looking at this situation. So this update targets the submission process for new Steam games. Creators will now be required to disclose the role that AI software played in the development and execution of their games. Valve now draws a distinction between two different kinds of AI use, pre-generated and live-generated. So pre-generated AI applies to all those like creative content produced generators like art, music, and code that was made in programs like Midjourney. So if like a developer used that to create some art or some music or even to generate code and you know that was all just part of the structure of the game, that is considered pre-generated. Live-generated AI is applied to any game that uses AI actively within the game to generate assets or scenarios while the game is running. So while you're playing it, it is literally creating it behind the scenes for you. So I think the issue here was that AI pulls from these giant, you know, catalogs of information and databases and with how kind of unpredictable it can be sometimes steam didn't want to break any laws with games sold on its platform like maybe licensing laws or or i I don't know what kind of bag of laws are able to be broken by, by ai but moving forward steam wants to eliminate or easily identify potential illegal ai generated content within its games so they, I guess I figured this out. They're going to have uh, a process where they'll be double checking the AI restrictions of every game that gets approved and require developers to inform Valve of what guardrails they've implemented into their game's AI to prevent illegal content from going in there. Uh, this comes after Valve previously prohibited the release of games developed with AI at all back in June of last year to avoid the risk of copyright infringement. But now it seems that they are opening up the gates as long as there are guardrails in place. I think that's fair. I think Valve is being pretty level-headed about this. Yeah, I'm curious what, uh, like, I, mean, I think we briefly talked about this before, but like what uh, what will be some of the first big games, if any, that will be m- like mostly generated by AI or powered through AI? I feel like, especially since Steam provides so many tools for really small uh creators to uh upload and create uh their games i think this will be a huge game changer for a lot of like uh small indie developers out there so i think it's pretty cool as long as they stay out of that fucking voice actor booth i was gonna say we got one piece of news cameron was really on the rails for and the other one he's in the stands 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not against all AI. It's just some of it, just like there's a nice balance where we don't, we aren't like end up in chains and slaved to fucking <laughs> AI voiced toasters, you know? It's a fine line you have to walk. I agree. In That's the difference between having a really cool GTA 6 and the apocalypse, you know? <laughs> yeah. Can't go can't go too far down the down the <laughs> road. Uh in other controversial news, earlier this week, insider, industry insider, Nate the Hate teased that a critically acclaimed Xbox Nate exclusive. The hate. Nate critically- the Hate sounds like a name that a twelve year old would make for like a slam news uh content thing. Insider, his dad just works at Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he teased that a critically acclaimed Xbox exclu- exclusive was set to launch on a competitor. You're tuning platform. in with Nate the Hate. Another insider then confirmed that Tango GameWorks Hi-Fi Rush is coming to Switch. <gasps> so Windows Central then reported that Microsoft has been exploring bringing some of its back catalog to other platforms. Why was this controversial? Xbox gamers, not all of them, but some of them are pissed. They were very vocal on Twitter that they're upset that one of their exclusives that they were told was exclusive is going onto a, a rival platform. Other players have expressed excitement at the notion of more gamers being able to enjoy Hi-Fi Rush. I think it makes sense. Hi-Fi Rush is a perfect Switch title. It's a no-brainer. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that people are like upset that it's a bad title for the Switch. Sounds like they're just upset that other people get to play with their toys, you know? Which, fucking calm down, you know? Just more people (laughs) get to play the game. You lose nothing. Other people gain stuff and you lose nothing. Stop being shitty. This does come two months after Xbox CFO Tim Stewart said Microsoft wants to bring its first-party games to every screen that can play games. So, with this piece of news, some analysts have pointed out that maybe Xbox... After admitting that they lost the console war, maybe the next smart thing for them to do would be to transition to a game studio first, console market competitor second, so still sell Xboxes, but push their games out on every platform, maybe as timed exclusives like we're seeing here, and try to get Game Pass on the Switch and the PlayStation. So, maybe maybe that's the future. If Game Pass was ever on the PlayStation, that would be so sick. That'd be so fucking dope. Xbox players would probably be very upset about that. We're going to take a break from the uh, darker news. And break from the about, hate! Uh, let's talk about Prince of Persia. The new 2D Metroidvania Prince of Persia The Lost Crown is out next week on January 18th, and the reviews are out today. That's right. Another embargo has lifted. Are you ready to take a look? IGN gave the game an 8. Game Informer gave it a 9.5. I give it a fucking hate. (laughs) Just still on. Yeah. (laughs) GameSpot gave it a 9. PC Gamer gave it a 72. Nintendo Life gave it a 9. Way Too Many Games gave it a 9. Gaming Nexus gave it an 8.5. You're seeing the trend here. It's getting positive reviews. Metacritic has it currently sitting at an 86 based on around 70 reviews at the time of recording this episode. Critics are praising the puzzles, the traversal mechanics, the combat, the story, Lower-end reviews seem to be pointing out to bland character design, difficulty balancing issues. I will say, I gotta play this game of PAX. I was having a really good time. Wasn't really facing any difficulty. Got to a boss. Suddenly it felt like a Souls-like. <laughs> uh, 
fainted. You know, you know the story. But uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, sounds like it's going to be a banger. If you like Hollow Knight, it's going to be up your alley. Uh, and I believe it's coming out for forty nine ninety nine next week. I you love pick this that price point. Uh, yeah, I actually think I will pick this game up. Uh, I haven't really played a lot of Prince of Persia games. Uh, it just seems... A lot of them seem kind of simple and not really up my alley. Uh, but the gameplay simple for this... Simple and not really up your alley. How many yeah. Prince of Persia games have you played? I played Sands of Time. Dude, those games are f- so much fun. And the mind-bending time like reversal the, techniques. Cameron, right. you need you know, to wash your well, mouth out with some soap, buddy. Uh... I think you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, I will not be doing that, sir. Uh, but I will be paying for this game because that's a reasonable price point, and this game looks fun as hell. What platform? And fresh. Um. Yeah. Did you say it's coming out for Xbox? It's coming out on basically everything. If I can get it for my Switch, I'm getting it for my Switch. That's just like how it goes for me. If I can play it on the go, then I will. <laughs> then acquire that game to play on the go. Well, you'll be playing on your Switch? Probably. Nice. I, I You'll be playing on the floor because your ass is going to pass out again. All right. I got some, uh, some not good news, guys. 2024 will be the third year in a row that Twitch faces layoffs. The company announced this week that it'll be laying off roughly 35% of its workforce, roughly 500 people. Last year, they laid off 400 people in March, which means over the last 12 months, they've reduced their staff from roughly 1,800 down to 900. So Amazon seems to be deciding that Twitch needs lesser and lesser people. I don't know what that says for Twitch. I do. I know we, we had the rise of Kick last year, so maybe this is Isn't that where you could like, watch porn? I think like it was on... just a less moderated twitch from my understanding i don't know i don't i'm not AKA, i don't use twitter or kick you can watch porn <laughs> i don't believe they just allow porn on there uh, i don't know i think they do i think they just uh, uh, allow like controversial political views and like i'm not a big kicker but i'm pretty sure you could see some boob on there could you watch porn on kick Nudity, pornography, sexual activity are prohibited from live streams and comments. Fuck! Shoot! Shuckle shucks. Following Twitch, Discord has announced this week that it's laying off 17% of its staff. CEO Jason Citron said this move is meant to sharpen their focus and improve the way they work together to bring more agility to their organization. This layoff will affect 170 people across various departments of Discord. This is really sad for me. I love Discord. I don't want to see it fall. I really like everything that Discord offers, and I feel like they could easily charge more for some of the features that we get for free right now. If if they want to add more agility to their team, might I suggest wind sprints or training quads maybe hiring some olympic athletes just a thought another video game software company unity you may remember them they came under fire last year for their policy updates which they later reversed is also undergoing a wave of layoffs this week they announced they will be laying off 25 percent of their workforce which tallies up to 1800 jobs this will be the company's largest layoff so far. These job cuts are reportedly part of a company reset with Unity reducing the number of things they're doing to focus on their core business and drive their long-term success and profitability, according to interim CEO Jim Whitehurst. 
So, yeah, not surprising. Unity has been laying off people in waves for a yeah, while. Yeah, it seems now. that Unity has been uh, catching a lot of strays and uh, been having a kind of a rough year this year. So yeah, it's gonna rally up or tally up. Rally up. That's sure. all the layoffs. So far, 2024. We're, we're so, 11 days right. in. There's still room for more layoffs. I know how much you guys love layoff news. Last year, it seemed like there was almost weekly layoffs, so I don't know if that trend will slow down this year. We'll see. Maybe more layoffs this year. In brighter news, Hunter Hunter is getting a video game from developer Aiding, a Japanese developer behind many Naruto fighting games, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and other anime fighting games. They also co-developed Pikmin 4 and some Monster Hunter games. Titled Hunter Hunter Nen Impact, the game looks to be a 3v3 2.5D fighter, and the only the only the main characters have been confirmed so far. I'm hyped. Yeah, dude, Hunter Hunter is one of my favorite animes of all time, so I would play this in a heartbeat. And I'm also a big like niche anime fighting game player. Like the fucking like sh- like Naruto Ninja Storm games are really cool. Um, obviously Budokai and Tenkaichi <laughs> 2 and stuff, and now Spark. Yeah, I'll, I'll play this. I'll give it a fucking go. This seems like a good time. Hell yeah. I Shonen only recently even or... got... Yeah, Jump Force, Jump, jump Shonen Force, Jump. Yeah. Whatever. The only reason I even bought that game is because they had Hunter Hunter characters. <laughs> and I tried to play through that campaign. Atrocious. Yeah. The, <laughs> Atrocious. The fucking... The storyline must be so whack in that fucking game. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Having, like, your average anime storyline is already super fucking weird but then smashing like 30 separate anime storylines together and then you're like a custom character on top of that this sounds so bad absolutely terrible but that's not why you play jump force it's not for the story it's so you can punch piccolo in the face as joey wheeler that's what we're doing it for we actually do have some time in the back half of this episode to talk about what we've been playing. Cameron, I am so close to beating Final Fantasy 16. I have 47 hours Not on the game right now. Of, man. Oh, I'm proud of it, dude. It's taken me a while, and I'm going to get to the end. And not only am I going to get to the end, I have completed every single side quest in the game. Jesus so Christ, dude. We're not I'm side get... quest people, Kelton. We have so many games to play. Dude, it's, it is almost impossible for me to see a little quest off to the side of the path and ignore it and keep going to the main quest. Like You're a hoarder, Kelton. You like to collect quests and trophies and little trinkets. Yeah, like what could ha- like what am I missing out on, you know? Jesus Christ. What what am I missing problem. out on? You're but addicted. I once again I'm reminded how Final Fantasy sixteen has some of the absolutely bombastic, coolest boss fights in any game I've ever played. The icon fights all feel very unique. They feel extremely cinematic. They are just incredible set pieces. Really, really great boss design. I think that Final Fantasy would really hook me if the just the journey from each boss fight was halved. You know? <laughs> There's just not quite enough in that little in-between chunk for me to even remotely come close to picking up a Final Fantasy game that doesn't have Cloud Strife in it. So you'll only play seven? Well, I played tac- Final Fantasy Tactic Advance is one of my favorite games of all time. So I'll play that. And maybe the one with the monkey guy. But that's only because there's a sexy clown villain 
who has a is like a bad boy, and I'm a sucker for that. I'm really looking forward. I actually just recently watched Final Fantasy Advent Children, which is like a movie came out in 2005. Takes place two years after Final Fantasy VII. Dude, Kinda you watched it. I did. Hell yeah! Cool. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It got me excited for the next part of the Final Fantasy VII remake, which comes out next month. And I think I maybe need to do a little refresher on the first part of the remake story because I beat it a few years ago, and I know it had a DLC. And I I, I don't I haven't played the DLC, and I don't want that to be like a missing chunk of the story. The next, uh, the second half of the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out next month. Yes. Do you know what that means, Kelton? What does it mean? I've waited like three long years to finally play the first Final Final Fantasy VII remake, and now it's time, baby. And now this it's fine. I've avoided spoilers. Part. Wait, the there's a the new one isn't gonna be the final part. No, there's gonna be another one and potentially two more. Oh my god, Kelton! I gotta wait so much longer now. They're like forty hour games, dude. You shouldn't put them uh, off anymore. You should just play them as they come out, dude. Because <laughs> I know how hard it is for you to get through a forty hour game on its own. Like you don't want to stack these up until you have two hundred hours of games. That is true. That is true. How can they turn one game into like five fucking games? Have you played the original Final Fantasy VII? No. So and I I've played a little bit of it and uh the. The first part of the game, you start in the city, and then about like like five to seven hours, maybe less than that, into the game, you leave that city and you go into the big open world. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One, the game that came out a couple years ago, is just an adaptation of the city part. Jesus fucking. Christ. And they turned that five to seven hour segment of game into a thirty-five hour long game, like they really fleshed it out. So. I, it would be really crazy they if they turned out or they just the next like busy work. No, it's actually fleshed out. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a phenomenal game. It's really good, and the combat feels awesome. But yeah, it, the, like, the combat was super intriguing. It looks like a really, really good blend of like the traditional Final Fantasy with like kind of like uh, Final Fantasy fifteen type thing, or the the one with uh, the teleporting boy king or whatever. That's 15. 15, yeah. I think it's a fun blend of like new Final Fantasy combat with old school Final Fantasy combat, and that's sick. And that is exactly what I want out of that. Yeah, anyone it's like anyone that played 7 originally, when they learned, like, oh, this 35-hour-long game is just like the first eight hours of this game, of this giant RPG that people could play for 60, 70 hours, like immediately that's an indicator to like, oh, we're going to be playing these Final Fantasy VII remake parts for probably 15 years. Like, they're probably going to be releasing them like they have in chunks. We're not going to get the ending for a while. So I would just hop in. But now is a great time to play that that first one because then you could just run right into the second one if you want. That is true. Just 80 continuous hours of seeing <laughs> sexy little Cloud Strife swing his big old sword. But yeah, 15, 16. <laughs> I played 15. I didn't really care. It was it was okay. 16, though. It's been great. I'm glad that I'm about to crescent that hilltop and be one of the great few that have completed Final Fantasy 16. The only one. <laughs> I I have set a I said set a goal for myself that by the end of January I'll have completed four games from my backlog 
Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 4 remake, Sea of Stars, and La- Jedi Last Survivor. So those are my I'm, I'm I'm grinding, Cameron. That's a good list. I like that list a lot. But yeah, before we get out of here, guys, I wanted to talk about the games that come out next week. We got Legend of Grimrock coming out on Switch on Monday. It's actually a first-person RPG that originally came out in 2012 for PC. Bulletstorm VR hits PlayStation VR 2, Quest, and PC That sounds Thursday. sick as hell. Do you ever play yeah, Bulletstorm? Bullet- yeah, Bulletstorm's great. It's a funny-ass game. Yeah, and especially with like VR, I feel like that'd be so fun to do. If you don't get motion sick, I could see you like, ralphing a lot because <laughs> that game is... A lot, very, lot of colors and a lot of fucking weird shit that happens. So same day we got, or yeah, same day we got Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown coming out. Cameron's gonna buy it on Switch. Then we got Turnip Boy Robs a Bank coming out on Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, Switch, PC. And then the next day we got another Code Recollection hitting Switch. And then The Last of Us Part Two Remastered comes out on PS5. That is actually The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. It's going to be my greatest threat to finishing in those four games in my backlog because I might replay that game with the developer commentary on. So I'm hoping that maybe the developer commentary is just limited to just the lost levels or whatever, and maybe I can just hop directly into those without having to replay the full game. Uh, but we'll see. At the very least, you'd be finishing a game. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode 27 of Press Y. It has been great as always. We will be back next week with more news for you guys hopefully i'll have beaten final fantasy 16 by then and cameron will be really deep into prince of persia the lost crown i will also (laughs) have beaten final fantasy 16 i'll beat it before kelton uh i can't wait to have some deep discussion spoiler cast it's gonna Uh, be awesome if you guys have any questions concerns recommendations food that cameron should eat just send it out to presswycast at gmail.com. And yeah. And I'll, I'll eat it out. live into the microphone. <laughs> I hope you guys like chili. Hope you're that just, picks up just, really well. You're just opting for chili. Uh, yeah. no, one, no one has <laughs> submitted anything yet. <laughs> you're just ready to eat some chili. I've just been Jones and eat some chili. I got some chili that's going bad in my fridge, and I really got to get rid of it. Whatever you guys submit, he's going to eat chili. <laughs> as long as you can put it in chili, you can submit it. All right. So, yeah, guys. See you next week. See you guys. Bye.